0: Well, uh hello. Welcome to the episode 138 of Sack King's Therapy. We are coming to you live. I might I always say that. It's not live. We're actually recording this. Uh right after the Lakers uh blowout of the Kings in the Golden One Center. Uh and of course, always with me is Fong. Oh, oh. Are you overjoyed right now? Are you happy?
1: I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't know. How about you? I'm like mixed feelings
0: right now. Well, I wouldn't even say mixed. I mean, there's like a speck of hope, and we will get to it. But we just watched the Kings blow, just lay an absolute egg In the second half after coming out, you know, steaming like in the first half. Um, So Kings do lose to the to the Lakers again on their home floor, 117 to 92. Uh, Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, So the game started out steaming hot for the Kings. Kings were playing with intensity. You know, I use it. I use that word a lot, but they were legitimately playing with energy, with intensity. They look like they gave a shit. Holy, holy crap! The Kings actually gave a shit, and and you know it's actually pretty fitting. This is how the game started. Uh, it's Rashawn Holmes' first game back. There's a screen and roll. Halliburton finds him all alone under the rim, and he gets a and he gets a dunk and one. And he and that was basically the story of the game. Rashawn Holmes was back.
1: Yeah, it's great to see, and you know. Wish we saw that a little more later on, but you know, starting out the game, it got a lot of Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes, which is real nice to see because he was going off against the Lakers.
0: Yeah, and like he just, you know, we were we really did miss him just because, like I, I was mentioning in one of the games, like no no one really has that chemistry, the pick and roll chemistry with Halliburton the way that Rashawn does. And, like, he just finishes shots that usually, like, he finishes shots that the, the other big simply can't. Maybe Damian Jones can but he doesn't play enough to actually kind of, like, out to, for us to really see it. But he was incredible early on. He was active on defense. In fact, the entire team was active on defense. They were getting steals, getting deflections, getting runouts. And it was just gangbusters. The Lakers looked absolutely helpless like they just had no idea what to do like russell westbrook was just turning the ball over missing layups davis was you know just kind of he's, he was okay but he wasn't the game changer that he's usually heralded heralded as and the rest of the team was very meh with the exception of malik Monk. malik Monk was a bright spot for the for the lakers in the first half and and yeah, it, w- it looked like the Kings were just going to run away with this one. But, you know, for those who have followed the Kings for long, it's usually, let's just say the Kings always find a way to make games interesting. And the game did get interesting in the third. So um, I'm going to actually just run a quick timeline of basically what happened in the third. If you guys didn't know, the Kings blew, blew a 12-point lead and somehow turned it to into trailing uh I don't actually have the number here. Let me check. By the end of the, so they had a 12 point lead like early in the third, and somehow trailed 13 by the end of the third. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh how about how that happened. Do you have anything Do you have anything you want to talk about before I kind of go with a little transcript for the third?
1: Yeah. Before you say anything about you know the last half, uh, the first half, man. That offense was just on it. It it, like it was some of the best offense I've seen all season, to be honest. We got some good transition uh, offense with some lobs, some good layups, and uh, what you call Even Buddy healed. Oh my gosh, Buddy healed in some plays. Didn't even shoot the bad buddy shots. He actually passed it off. And the passing game for the team in general, <sighs> for the fir- for the first half, by the way, was. Really good, it was like, man, I have not seen uh, the Kings pass more than maybe, what, three times in the possession until this game, and it was just mind-blowing to see, and, you know, kind of didn't really happen uh, in the second half, sadly, but, you know, I guess let's go on to whatever you're going to say about how this Dove delved, delved into our loss.
0: So I mentioned a twelve-point lead. I actually misspoke. It was a fourteen-point lead, actually. So they, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is how this is how it starts. Uh, so in the third quarter, at the nine fifty-nine mark, the Kings Kings were at sixty-six. Actually, let me just check really quickly who made the shot. So Roshanho Holm, Holm makes makes a shot. And to kick, kick the lead to 14s and to put the score at 66-52. So that was 9:59. They wouldn't score again until 7:57. During that time time span, Lakers go on an 8-0 run, and th- it then kind of goes a little bit back and forth. This it then so then it gets to 72. Now uh, Buddy scores a technical free throw. I believe it was a defensive three seconds, and and. The, uh, Buddy, Buddy shoots the technical, makes it, and pushes the score to 72. And at this point, the the Lakers were trailing. Let's see, the Lakers were trailing by six at this point. Okay. Okay. So from, hold on. Sorry, I have my I have my numbers mixed up. Oh God. Sorry about this. Okay. So so at that point, um, the the Kings were leading by four, 72-68. They would not score another point in between until 206 and left in the third. And, you know, I'll give I'll give the Kings credit during this run. They actually did run good, good offense. Like, you know, the buddy passes you were speaking of, there was a play kind of. But right before the, you know, the seventy, what, what, before we reached a seventy-two, like normally, what what would end up happening is that he would just shoot a contested three off a pin down. But instead, you know, he sees two guys on him and gets the ball to Rashawn for a dunk. Like that was happening constantly. And during this, uh, during the run from five fifty one to two o six, this about four minutes stretch, there was still decent ball movement. There, it was leading to open shots. But unfortunately, the Kings just could not hit these long shots. It, this is kind of the issue with the roster construction—you just don't really have great shooters. Like Metu, I think Metu and De- Davion were like two guys that I remember during this lineup, and Fox was out there. So you have just three guys who just uh, just sub—let's just call them subpar three-point shooters—and they're just what—they just weren't making shots. So in the during this uh, four-minute stretch from 5:51 to 2:06, Lakers go on a 12-0 run. At this point, um, the Lakers – so at 551, the Lakers trailed by four. At the end, at 206, uh, the next time that the Kings score, the Lakers had were now leading by eight at, at 80-72. And basically from then on, they just never looked back. Uh, to make matters even worse, just a little extra uh, for you guys, Kings would not actually make another field goal. Um, I believe they missed – the stat that popped up was they missed 14 straight field goals. It might have been more than that by the time they scored by the 8:39 mark in the fourth. And yeah, and guess and guess who made that field goal? It was Rashan Holmes. And you know, let's get to let, let, let's get to the positive. Rashawn Holmes. I, I already I already said like this was kind of the Rashan Holmes game. He started out hot. And he was on, he was basically the only bright spot for the Kings, and that's basically when they were down in the in the late third and the early fourth. He was the only one that out was out there showing fight, like showing that he gave a shit and looking like he actually wanted to win this basketball game. Everyone else looked dejected. Every Fox has this thing where like he just looks like he doesn't really care. Buddy is doing the buddy things but in this case he you know you live by the buddy you die by the buddy and we were dying by the buddy and uh and i didn't even mention like during this um this during this drought there was a, a basically like a 28 footer that he took that he just missed while the lakers were on a run and me and you just both said what the fuck that's not the shot that's basically Buddy's version of the Denzel Valentine three-pointer uh, against the Heat last year.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much, I'm going to be honest, pretty much after that shot, it became, you know, kind of old system uh, that we saw, you know, during the past few games, pretty much, where it kind of I, I slowed down, isolated a lot, and we just chucked shots, hoping something would go in. Some were good. Both were very bad. And, you know, at this point, it's like there was no turning back, to be honest. We, we just stuck with that game plan, and it didn't pan out.
0: Yeah. And like that's kind of the issue with the Kings. Like when things like really start falling apart, they start pressing. And it's you unfortunately always to some in some way involves Buddy taking really bad shots. And, you know, we just praise him for playing a really good game. He really didn't force as much. But guess what? Like when the chips are down. He is always the first one to panic. Unfortunately, it, it just sticks out to, to us. It, it, mm-hmm. That's just how it is. And he took again. He took that like it says a 26 footer apparently, and he yeah he missed it pretty badly. And that was that basically deflates the team. And those kinds of moments, unfortunately, kind of just. Encapsulates what's wrong with the Kings when things aren't going their way. Their defense falls apart. Their offense, again, they were running good stuff for a bit, but when they when the Lakers start, started to expand their lead, they they panicked and the first one to basically kind of reel it in is Buddy. And for whatever reason d- during this during this time span, I think he checked in like in the middle of the third and basically never checked out. And I, part of me is just like. I get why he plays buddy. Like he provides spacing, you know, he does, he does do some good things, but in a game where he, he goes one for seven, he's not giving you any offense, but again, he was passing, but during this run, he was, he really just wasn't do, doing anything positive out there. And then he's an absolute sieve on defense. Like just bench the guy, like for, like for the love of God, like at some point, like, like, Monty might just need to do a buddy trait For the sake of just not Sake that Alvin just does not play him (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah I mean this game He had five great assists Yet you know We had to delve into the Buddy stuff and uh, you know Which Came out Somewhat differently Sadly enough
0: so like this is how bad the buddy situation got. Like <laughs> James Ham is actually criticizing it in his post game and his post game recap. That's how bad it is. Like he just straight up said Al- Alvin needs to take the L on this one. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how bad it got. And yeah, it's just one of those things where like the the Kings gave us so much, you know. So much hope in in the first half. Again, they they played great defense, great energy. Like I even have a note here. They you know they rotated well. They helped each other out. They played for each other. Oh my God, they were rotating on point. You know you know again helping when helping and doubling like really well, but they they just can't seem to keep that energy consistent. Like the, during that during that Lakers run in the third, that was kind of what was really missing. Like the defense intensity just wasn't there. They weren't doubling on AD like they were in the first and like they in the first half. And like, you know, Russ was kind of getting whatever he wanted. Russ kind of started to calm down. It's kind of seems to be a pattern with him. It's that he plays like shit in the first half and then gets going in the second half when he kind of slows it down and just basically stops making stupid plays. Mm -hmm. and just yeah like you know they let him get comfortable and like yeah again towards the end of the game like towards the second half during that run the the lakers were just feeling themselves like they just there was no pressure whatsoever and the the energy that was built up in the first that you know that the kings played with just completely dissipated and just basically like you know the, the balloon got popped essentially
1: yeah, it makes me forget all the mistakes that the Lakers have made during the first half because they were they were god awful. They even were though, bad. Like well, <sighs> even though they kept up somewhat with us in the first, uh, I mean it was pretty much anchored by I'm gonna say just 80 to be honest uh, for the first half, and you know yet that second half for some reason, like you said, they just woke up. Wayne Aiton started hanging freeze, Russ just went into the rim pretty easily Malik Monk six for 10 from free I'm pretty sure most in the last half like yeah we weren't hitting anything they were just
0: hitting more him and Dylan Brooks are the you know basically the hall of Fame Kings killers they get up for games against the Kings they always play well and just always wants to go at somebody. And unfortunately, seems to always be guarded by Buddy for some reason. It's just one of those things. And, yeah, but game high plus 33. Like, he, he was huge. Like, he hit a half-court shot that, that you know, uh, cut the lead to single digits from 12 to, to 9. Like, he was huge this game. And, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. Like, the Kings didn't, you know, just – like – even in the first half, they were still even like while they were like going on their runs, they were still turning it over a lot. They just can't seem to be able to find that perfect mix between, you know, they basically they're just still not good at going for the kill and putting and just putting guys down when they have the chance. And they always seem to be seem to just let guys back in. And that's kind of what happened. Like, you know, the, the Lakers made a few adjustments and just, made a few adjustments and they kind of turned up the intensity in the second and the Kings Wilson is it's just it's just disappointing to see after you know coming off to such a uh, hot start and again it I really felt bad for Rashawn Holmes this game again the only guy that gave a shit and like we he cut the he he helped the Kings cut the lead down to 11 like in the fourth Mm -hmm. and right after that De'Aaron Fox turns it over on two straight possessions. He ended up with seven turnovers this game. Terrible. And just, like, those are the kinds of things where, like, if I was Rashawn Holmes, I would ask for a trade. Because this is some bullshit. Like, (laughs) I'm the only—he's the only guy out there, like, trying to pump up his team, playing hard, doing his job— And then you have your and then you have your your, you know, your max player, your star point guard just dribbling the ball off someone's foot, turning it over on a bad pass, like on the next two possessions. Like I like he fought back. He was the only guy that looked like he gave a a shit about this game and like it's just, i i mean i would ask like uh if i was him like i feel so bad for him cuz like even during the summer I, I was shocked when he signed for signed for signed that deal with the kings like you know if i was his agent of course this is with hindsight i wanted him back of course that i would have i love that he took a discount but if i was his advisor i would just say don't come back to the kings especially if it's for less money because the situation is tumultuous And honestly, you should never take a discount to stay with a team just because you never know if things just go haywire, like and especially like with the Kings, because now you're now you're pretty much underpaid and you're underpaid. And, you know, you never know, like what could happen with this roster. Like, I hope it doesn't happen. The The Kings might like have to ship him out just for just to kind of rebuild. And now, again, you're stuck with a pretty, you know, you're stuck being underpaid for what w- probably is going to be your last payday. Like, again, he he deserves so much better. And as Alvin Gentry said, the Kings fans deserve better as well.
1: Yes, we do. And I'm kind of wondering, has Mama Holmes said anything about this game?
0: Uh, no, she she basically didn't. She did shout out Chemezi Metsu for having a good game. I mean, I'll, I'll shout out Mezzi. Like mezzi got three steals in the first quarter mm. or he, the first half. I don't, I don't remember, but like he had a beautiful fadeaway on, uh, on Anthony Davis. Like he <laughs> was good for the first half and then didn't do anything in the second half, but, which kind of is what Mezzi is. He, he's a guy that, he, he's, he, he he's out there. Like you know, if, if, anything you get from him is a bonus. Like he's, but he's not a guy you really rely on to be good. He plays with good energy. He plays with good hustle is a decent enough ball player for, for most, but like, he's just, he's not really a guy you can rely on, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. like shout out to him for having a good game. His second career, double, double 14 and 11. Mm-hmm. But, but yes, but, um, you know, um, I was listening to Jerry Reynolds, um, today on, uh, Jerry Reynolds, uh, the Kings Herald show. Like he, You know, he talked about there are there are selfish players on this team. And with the way that like, you know, we we mentioned Buddy, another guy like he, he definitely does play selfish sometimes. And then you have guys like Terrence Davis. To me, Terrence Davis killed a few runs with some of his plays. Like there was one play where, you know, Kings were rolling and he takes a step back three that misses. And and then gets scored on on the next on the next possession and then on the next offensive possession kind of turns the ball over. It it, is not credited to him, but he I forgot exactly what he did, but it, it, it was a turnover that involved him. And it's just one of those things where he hunts for shots a little too much. And he's he's as you mentioned last episode, he's got the buddy mentality he's out there to play for himself and he just throws up shots sometimes and unfortunately during the stretches is not going in and it's those kinds of plays that really deflate the team and and again makes me feel really bad for a guy like Rashad Holmes who's doing all the little things all the dirty work and he's not getting rewarded because like some asshole is taking a bad shot on his team
1: yeah sadly but you know between Terrence Davis and Buddy, is like who else is really out there that we could put in, either be, besides Dumb Too? It's it's really a toss up there.
0: So like my theory would be if you let's let's just say you know I mean the, the prime candidate to be traded of course is Buddy. You trade yeah. Buddy, there are a lot more shots for Terrence Davis. So maybe he gets in a better rhythm, like would be my theory and he and he plays better after that, but that's by theory. I don't know if that's the case. But like, you know, Buddy does t- does take a certain level of ox- a lot of oxygen out of the room when he's in there. Like he is the guy that's going to definitely put up shots like he always has. This game not so much he was playmaking a lot, but he was still involved in a lot of these a lot of these plays. And you know, if you you remove Buddy from the equation, You know, already I think Terrence Davis could be a pretty good replacement player for Buddy. And, you know, if he doesn't have to pick his spots more, although I prefer him to. But (laughs) like without him, you know, like having to really pick his spots as much like he can just kind of he can play with maybe a little bit more freedom off the bench as the as the primary six man. Like maybe he plays better, but that's in theory
1: well yeah i don't know it's uh at this point yeah i don't know let's see Uh, as of right now it's like what can we get for buddy
0: i I honestly don't know like the one guy i'm really keeping an eye on i just i don't think he'll get moved or i don't think the kings can get him without giving up something that's you know, you know, without giving up something substantial, like Miles Turner would be perfect for this team. I'll, granted, he'd be perfect on any team, but like Miles Turner is a guy I'd be keeping an eye on. And you know, I, I texted you this morning. I was listening to um, was it the Hardwood Knox podcast? And granted, I did I did get a little annoyed listening to them just because I felt. It's not that they're wrong, but the way they go about how the Kings approach their offseason, I felt the process was a bit frustrating listening to them talk about it just because, like, they get they get a few details wrong. But the point the point stands. But they believe that the Kings have a shot at Pascal Siakam for some reason. I, I don't know. That'd be great. <laughs> but <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. Like. Ben Simmons is the obvious candidate out there, but, like, people have brought up the point, like, Fox, if, you're, if you if just want to do Fox one, one for one, like, that actually might not be, I don't think that's enough at this point. Like, they have Tyrese Maxey, who's honestly, at this point, with how bad Fox has been, is just as effective as Fox with a, a fraction of the price. And so, uh, yeah, I don't even think, so, like, then you probably have to talk about Halliburton and You know, I'm very, I do, he's the closest thing to untouchable on, on this team to me. And the next Mm -hmm. would be probably Barnes and, uh, Holmes. So, you know, you know, sometimes you got to give up something to get something. And unfortunately this, this Kings team, like with the way the roster, like it's been, it's been proven. Like Alvin Gentry is the coach now. Like he's not doing that much better than Luke Walton. So it's not the coach. It's pretty much the roster. And how kind of imbalanced it is, and you know, as as we just mentioned, like James Ham talked about it too. You got selfish guys who are out there for their numbers more than they are for winning, and it's not a good combination. And unfortunately, it's going to it's probably going to continue for a little bit more because the because a lot of contracts are not eligible to be traded until after December fifteenth.
1: Oh man. Well, that's that's pretty much two weeks away from now. Geez, it's already almost well. Tomorrow is December, so oh man. Oh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So it's I don't I don't know um, what what's next for the Kings. I think they go to L.A. to face the Clippers, if I remember right. Yeah. The, yeah. Like they're now eight and fourteen. Uh, they are getting far. They're actually outside of the plane, which is. <sighs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> and, you know, like, of course, they can turn it around and make the play-in. But, like, that stand- that's a low standard, to say the least. And they're not even reaching that. It's mm. just, it is what it is.
1: Oh, boy. Actually, the game is tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was Thursday, but it's actually tomorrow, Wednesday, December 1st. And guess what time it is? Is it at 3 p.m.? No, no, Those it's usually Sundays that are early games, but it's at 7.30. It's at, oh boy, gotta stay up for the shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as it's not a three-time overtime like the Lakers game we had earlier. Well, not today, I mean, but yeah, you, know, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, okay, well, Um. yeah, so I guess... Maybe we come back with an episode tomorrow. I don't know if it if it, if it ends late. I don't, I don't know if we can do an episode right after. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah. Again, uh, until trades are until trades happen, I'm just not really expecting much from this from this Kings team. And unfortunately, it you know I'm still emotionally invested but like i'm just i'm getting more and more just detached from this team and it's unfortunate and also like a lot of the fan bases this is they're not putting up with this shit as much anymore like attendance is down they're just not feeling this team right now and you know big changes need to happen but i i don't know what it is
1: yeah right if they brought that intensity from the first half to the second i think things would change a little bit but then again it's still a small sample size so you know we're just gonna have to keep on playing until then
0: okay um one last thing before we actually move on so so i had you so i as i mentioned i've watched a lot of wrestle talk um, we're transitioning to wrestling now. So, for those of you that don't like wrestling, you can you can t- turn it off now. <laughs> so, because uh, unless you're into wrestling, this will not uh, interest you much at all. But so, if you so if you are here for the basketball, thank you guys for listening. Uh we will be transitioning to some wrestling talk. Okay. So, I had you watch um the MJF versus CM Punk promo and also the Miz and Edge promo. Now, as I have talked before for those loyal listeners, I'm a big fan of Wrestle Talk. They're basically how I keep up with wrestling, and they they had a interesting poll today. Let's just say an interesting video. They were v- reviewing Raw, and they they their title of their uh, review video is MJF is or no Miz is a less good version of MJF, and the I guess the Miz mob came out at them. Apparently, it's they managed to get a lot of dislike rights. You can't see the dislikes anymore because of YouTube's new change. But apparently, they got a lot of dislikes on that video because apparently, a, a portion of the, of the internet really loves the Miz. So, I guess, so I had you watch the video. So, I just want to quickly, I just want to ask you a few questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, which promo did you think was better? At the MJF versus CM Punk one, or the uh, Miz versus Edge one.
1: I I personally w- like both of them to be honest, but the one that tips the scale for me was the LBG, uh, not LBJ, uh, MJF, MJF one, <laughs> the MJF promo with CM Punk. Yeah, to- it's it's a, it's a little different because I, you know I'm used to the PEG era of WWE. The, 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 uh, because it's been so long since I've seen the TV14 WWE, but something like uh, what uh, they did in AEW was real reminiscent of that TV14 era. And you know, they took really good shots at each other.
0: What do you th- what do you think of the shots that uh um th- that were taken during the Miz and Edge promo? Like I think they did they referenced like you know people getting fired and you know, yeah. you know Wrestle WrestleMania. The 27 stuff like.
1: yeah especially john morrison talk in there yeah it, it was good but it's it's kind of like I don't, know, I don't know how to explain it it's kind of like you're leveling yourself and having that mindset of wwe in because it's a pg uh type show now it's kind of like leveling and thinking of in that kind of era but they did take some pretty good shots in terms of uh you know personal um than that is
0: um look, here let me let me ask you this final question which match would you be more um excited for cm punk versus mjf or Ooh. edge versus Miz?
1: i'm not gonna i i think the cm punk one <laughs>
0: Okay, I guess it's now time to put my piece on it. I I think it's hands down the MJF promo MJF versus CM Punk was so much better. There's something about the I don't think it's PG, but like the Miz versus Edge it, for whatever reason, I just don't they don't they don't draw me in at all. Like they were, mm-hmm. you know, of course like they use some personal stuff, but like I I didn't care. <laughs> like it, did, it didn't hit the same way. Like some of the jabs, some of the shots that MJF took at CM Punk. That was those were great shots. The PG Punk line was amazing. The UFC <laughs> line was amazing. And just calling him basically calling him the new John Cena, like wow. <laughs> and then I don't even remember that memorable of a line like, "Oh, you you won Dancing with the Stars." You you, <laughs> you beat John Cena at WrestleMania 27. Like, b- basically uh, after after you basically cheated to win that one. And also WrestleMania 27 was awful. Like, don't don't bring up that main event. It's easily one of the worst main events of all time. It's not like anything that's you know to be proud of really. And then honestly. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not into. I'm just not into Edge in the same way. I'm not into Christian Cage. I'm not into Goldberg. Not so much. In, not into Goldberg. But like, I'm not that interested in just another Edge match. And then Miz, definitely not interested. And granted, not that interested in MJ versus CM Punk match either. I don't think they're they're both good in ring, and it will be a good match, and they probably will tell a good story. I'm not that excited in any of these guys wrestling. But I'm definitely less interested in a Miz versus Edge um, wrestling match. Like, if you ever, like, I, I like, let's just say if I were to ask you about a dream match, would you ever have said Edge versus <laughs> Edge versus uh, Miz?
1: <laughs> no. So. No, I would have not. And uh, speaking of the match, uh, what... what uh...
0: But well, this is a, is this a main event for some pay-per-view? The Miz versus Edge? Uh I don't think it'll be main event. I think it'll just be on the big show. So they're not doing a December pay-per-view, but they are going to do a New Year show called Day 1. And they already have uh Seth Rollins versus Biggie versus Kevin Owens on that show. So it'll probably end up being on that show.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Okay.
0: So, but... yeah, maybe it'll probably happen, but I'm not that interested I'm sorry like it's the same thing like uh, some people are very excited for Jeff Hardy I've never gotten Jeff Hardy gosh it's never been my thing but like it's I'm not that interested and I, I love his theme song Yeah, that's all that's all I watch <laughs> anymore from Edge.
1: oh man yeah no th- yeah those guys I mean they're great and all but it's it's been yeah it's been years since I've been excited for those guys I mean same with Jeff Hardy Edge and all that. It's probably since, well, what, mid-2000s that they were, like, big and all that. Now it's just rinse and repeat, in a way. I don't know if Edge, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, competed against Miz, because it's...
0: No, they they have not. They have not.
1: Really? Oh, that's interesting.
0: As I said, Uh, dream match, so...
1: Yeah. Not really a dream match, though.
0: But uh, yeah. So and then there, there, there's the other part with the Miz. It's like something about him. <laughs> it's just I no, I can't take him seriously ever. It's it's he's just one of those things. It, like it, people compare them, compare him and MJF, and I I kind of get I get why. But then you think about it for about five seconds, and there's basically no, they're nowhere, they're nothing, they're nothing alike. Like they're completely they're in completely different kind of genres of wrestling, like let's be honest. And there's like it's just not fair to compare the two. And uh, honestly, MJF, like I like MJF way more than I like the Miz. And it's and like I was really shocked that so many people come out and essentially stand for the Miz. Uh granted, he didn't stand for the Miz. I did ask Jason Jones about this. He thinks he thinks you know Miz is a Miz is a pretty entertaining star. Like he thinks he's a star. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, however he defines that word. But like, I don't even see him as a star at all. Like, he's just he's just a guy that's been there for a while. Yeah. And he's done this bit for a while, too. Yeah. And like, it's I'm sorry. Like, if you've been there for a while, good for you. I don't consider you a legend just because you've been there for a while. Like, for example, like there there was a time during when I was watching wrestling talk, there were a lot of people calling Alicia Fox a, a, a legend. Calling Hell. Natalia a legend. What have they done? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, no shades of them. These yeah. th- these guys have been great. Like they've been, you know, great company people. And Miz, like I I like the Miz out, outside of wrestling. He's a great guy. Granted, it's like I watched him on Dancing with the Stars. By the way, he was really good on Dancing with the Stars. But like I look at the Miz. I'm just like I hate your face. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and not 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 saying he's ugly or anything. He he's a he's a de- he's a decent looking guy, but like he has a very punchable face. Something about him. And it's just and uh, he and you know like it's just one of those things. I I don't dig the Miz. And I was mm-hmm. just surprised he has a legion of stands who are like like that when he won the title in February of this year, which shocked me. I'm like from this year. And, like, people were like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for the Miz title run. I hope he has the title for a year. And I'm just like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) And, you know, like, and then he lost the title in about, I think, three weeks. And, uh, yeah, no one ever remembered it. And those people disappeared until now. And I'm I'm just always – shocked about like these stands for guys who've just kind of been around for a long time and granted again miz i think is a great guy he's done a lot for done a lot for the company and you know all the credit in the world to him for actually lasting in the wwe because he did not start out well like he scratched and clawed to make sure he belonged here
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah Uh,
0: and you know all the credit in the world to him i just don't see him as like a guy like you know an all-time legend like the which a which certain group of wrestling fans seem to think he is speaking about that i was looking at the youtube
1: comments on the videos that you sent me and what uh, specifically the miz and edge promo there was a lot of comments uh, saying that ed or miz was the which of a call it, better mjf
0: So, uh, I, don't know, I, I, mean. I, I want. I want. watch. Well, I don't like. I just. You know what? You know what? Agree to disagree. I, I guess sure. Like I'm. But I'm sorry if you think that. I, I can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> if you watch MJF, it's like I mean, granted, it's a better, it's a different environment, but the way he draws heat is nothing close. it it goes back to me not being able to take the Miz seriously but like MJF can legitimately piss off people and I feel he pisses off people in a way that the Miz can never hope to even though Miz would draw a lot of heat if, if he was an AEW and you know it's I don't think they're anywhere again it's not even fair to compare the two it's Oh, I don't even want to say this, but like you, it's it's like comparing, say, like Kobe to LeBron. It, it's not a fair comparison. Not, not that either one of them is in anything close to those guys in their sport, but like it's not fair to compare the two. They're t- two very different wrestlers and talkers and yeah, honestly, in, in completely in in two completely kind of different genres of wrestling.
1: Mm hmm. Now, if they were in the same, you know, program, whether it's both in WWE or AEW, would you like to see them wrestle each other no. and talk it out? No. <laughs> oh no?
0: <laughs> no. No interest. First of all, again, it it, it kind of all comes back to the Miz. I'm just I'm not into the Miz. Like mm-hmm. you, people talk about these dream matches. Miz will appear on none of my lists ever. <laughs> it, he just won't. Like, yeah. it's just I I don't I don't care for his wrestling. Don't really care for him on the mic, even though I, I will be the first to admit he is very good on the mic at what he does. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. he's very good at drawing that kind of heat where people like he doesn't he doesn't draw heat like MJF where people like legitimately boo him out of hatred. People kind of boo him out of the sake of playing along for the Miz, if you will. And I, I, I don't know. This is they're not in the same league to me, anyways. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, if you think that the uh, Miz is better than MJF, all the power to you. I mm-hmm. I, I wish I could be that delusional, but
1: you know <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I don't watch enough WWE, e or nor do I even watch much AEW. So I don't know. If I watch more MJF, i will probably get a better idea. But yeah, as of right now for these two promos, MJF is already taking the cake.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting conversation. And yeah, again, well I me mean, some people actually think that Ms. Ms is better than MJF. Those people do exist. Although granted, like thinking about it more, there is a lot of tribalism between uh Aew versus WWE, and there's a lot of overlap with people who think the Miz is better than MJF and and WWE diehards, and then kind of vice versa as well. So like, there's kind of that community where they they just will defend their side to the death, no matter what. Again, uh, I as I like to think I'm a pretty objective viewer. And while I don't fully like agree with everything about Wrestle Talk, I think they're pretty on the money with this one. I, I'm not, I'm not a Miz guy. I'm just not, and I'm not interested in ever watching him wrestle or uh, talk, to be honest. I'm not that interested. But, but like I, I respect his body of work. But like I think MJF is miles better than uh, what Miz is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, that's kind of the wrestling rant of the week. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, do you have any closing thoughts uh, for uh, the listeners, whether it pertains to, well, actually, the, whether it pertains to wrestling, because the basketball people have most likely checked out.
1: <laughs> pertains to wrestling? I don't know. I, I need to watch something to get an idea of what's going on now.
0: You know you sent me that weird um I mean I, I'm I'm not I'm not using this word disrespectfully like this this gay clown the gay japanese clown that you sent me like I don't know how you found that one but I'm I've gotten really into DDT now and uh
1: oh is that yeah, the wrestling brand
0: in that's the re- that is the wrestling company that does weird shit like that and I will always say like whatever however the hell the japanese people come up with those ideas that they come up with in those promotions like it's lsd on like it's like super lsd whatever they're on. <laughs> and like it's just it's it's incredible what what they come up with and uh yeah uh, i'll give you credit for that um other than that I'm, I'm i'm interested in where this mjf and cm punk feud go feud, feud goes because it is like truly two of the best mic talkers, like going going right at it. Like you talk about dream matches in the ring, that's a dream match on the mic. The only other dream match I can actually think of of MJF, I want to see him go up against The Rock. I don't think it'll ever happen. I want to mm. see it
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be yeah, that'll be uh, probably out of everyone's week, sadly. I don't know. I don't think The Rock would ever go back in the ring anytime soon.
0: Oh no, he doesn't have to go back in the ring. He just needs to go at him with the mic. Although, like the tr- let's be honest, the true like mic battle, I, I don't think you even know him. Uh, but like Jim Cornette if going against MJF would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. That like that is like I think the universe would explode. <laughs> just <laughs> the amount of charisma and the amount of like zingers that those two would throw at each other. Yeah.
1: Uh, I see. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, that should be enough for the wrestling talk. This uh, this episode has probably dragged on for long enough if you're still listening. Again, thank you guys for listening to this one. And uh, hopefully you have a good night, because unfortunately we didn't.
1: Yeah, well... It's going to be the start of a new month in December, and I guess we shall see how the Kings do against the Clippers tomorrow, December 1st on Wednesday. So I guess we'll see you guys later.